Hey, before today's episode of Same Business, Different Day, I want to invite you to listen to Velocity, the Vista Chamber podcast, where we interview the movers, shakers, and changemakers of Vista, California. Watch Velocity on YouTube or tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Velocity, moving Vista forward. It's the relationships you build along the way. That's right. Because you can, you know, you may have one thing one day and then down the road you'd be like, hey, you know, good to see you again. What are you doing now? And you're like doing something totally, completely different. Mm -hmm. But you've established that relationship Mm -hmm. and now you may be in the position to help one another. That's right. You know, so, so. You know, don't close your doors all the way. Keep them halfway open because you never know who's going to step through it again, again, again. Same business, different day. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Same Business, Different Day podcast. I'm your host, Zeke Corley, recording from the New Look studio here at the Film Hub in Vista, California. Yet we're in the process of upgrading the vibe around here, and I hope you all love it. Hashtag Meraki season rolls on, and it has been exciting to interview some amazing business leaders, all branching from one networking event in October 2021. I didn't get to meet today's guest that night. But the birthday boy himself, Mo Cisse, personally referred me to have him on our show. William is visiting from San Diego, but his reach globally is as impactful as it is locally. We are happy to welcome William P. Toom to the Same Business, Different Day podcast. Welcome, William. Thank you so much, Zeke. It's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate it, man. I, be, I mean, appreciate you. you know, we've, I feel like this is our second interview because we've kind of just been getting to know each other. This whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I mean, we should have recorded the whole thing, you know. But so let, let's go back to the beginning, though, right? Because okay. the format of this show is kind of we tell the whole story, right? Sure. We want to start from where it all started from now. Um, and, and then we'll get into what you do today. Mm-hmm. Um, so get me into the timeline. I, I'm wondering now, are you born and raised in California? Well, what happened was, uh-huh. <laughs> so my mother's an immigrant from the Philippines, okay. and my father was Navy. Okay. So uh, I come from that type of family core and structure uh, here in San Diego, born and raised. My siblings are from the Philippines, but I'm, I was lucky enough to uh, be a local here in San Diego. In San Diego. In San Diego. Okay. So I've watched the city ebb and flow from mm-hmm. from the 70s to the current date. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you and I were just talking just before we started right now about influence, right? Uh, being a big brother to folks and OG, some might say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how about influences uh, that you can think of in those early years of your life? Folks that maybe, you know, we didn't necessarily call them mentors back then, but but people that you looked up to and people that had influence uh, in, in any positive way. Well, uh, I come from a latchkey family structure okay. also, so my parents divorced early on, and I found myself gravitating towards uh, families that had that structure that I longed for. Okay. And, you know, after, after you know, school, uh, 
I found myself at the Boys and Girls Club, okay. kept me off the streets. Mm-hmm. And there it was instrumental that those those older peers that were watching over us were really big, significant influences to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I found myself playing judo at the age of six uh, because I just enjoyed the sport. I, I took it all the way to Junior Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, but finding... A path that had discipline and judo with the Japanese uh, philosophy behind it really was instilled in me. So I, I, I was somewhat a practicing Buddhist from my childhood. Uh, and so as I grew older, it always stuck with me. The discipline has always stayed with me, mm-hmm. uh, honoring your elders and your parents and, and just having respect, mm-hmm. uh, was very important. So for those that I saw that had success, I, I tried to emulate and I gravitated to those community members, uh, that were very supportive and I felt safe around, mm-hmm. um, in uh, school, it was the counselors because those are the ones that are extending their their hand out to you and and just checking in. You know, where are you? Where do you want to go? And and here's the path to get there. Yeah, you know. So, uh, not any one in particular, but it was it was more of a communal effort mm-hmm. um, that like a collective uh, effort that really helped elevate me. But that's good, right? Because what you're really doing is you're paying attention. You're paying oh, attention absolutely. to uh, your whole community around you. And you, you're feeling and figuring out how a community can help one grow. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, yes. You, you set your roots there. I like that. I also like um, what you're saying about judo and, and just even sports in general, right? Because there's community there as well, right? I know it's a you know a one-on-one type sport. But yet, one, you're learning the discipline. You're getting that information from your teachers. But you're also, you've got other classmates or other folks you're, around. Right? It's an individual sport, mm-hmm. but collectively as a team. Right. Yeah. That's how I was with track and field for me. Right. Yeah. So you actually are a, a big link in the chain. Mm-hmm. So... Did you want to be the weakest link in the chain? No, not so much. So you did your part, right? Sure. So, so independently, I always strived for perfection uh, and um, overachiever and, and just, you know, thought that, you know, the more discipline that I can, I can uh, influence whatever it was that I was practicing, I'd come out on top. Yeah. You know? Now, that... Um being an overachiever was was that something you were you pushing yourself or or was there someone pushing you? No, uh, I think I realized early on that the uh, the opportunities were stacked against me, mm. and so uh, I would have to try even harder uh, than the average person. Uh, and so it was always kind of like you know, even though you knew what it take took to be number one you had to even go even further because there's always someone right behind you ready to take your place. It's like the, the jump behind jump Mm. from behind the line philosophy like Jesse Owens. Now, uh, how did you that? Cause that's it. Very interesting to me. What you're saying now where you realized early on that the, you know, the odds were stacked against you. Um, how did you realize that, uh, you know, where there's like anything specific that, that kind of just, 
opened your eyes to seeing that? So early on, uh, being a latchkey kid, uh, you're you're exposed to a lot of um, potential predators, if you can say. You know, I I I'll be totally transparent. I'm one of those children who were abused. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom had dated someone who came home from Vietnam, and so the violence in the home was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I often stayed out of the house because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be around it. Fortunately, I lived in Imperial Beach, so I got to go down to the beach. And by the time I woke up to the time the sun went down, I'd be at the beach, you know, Uh, but not everyone is is as fortunate. But um, my home, my home life as a child, it was it was very violent and very disturbing. And so, uh, you know, there that was, you know, one of the key factors in in really knowing, you you know, you got to do for yourself. As my daughter would say, you do you. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, and so you you just start picking up uh, the signs, and 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 uh, you just you just start seeing more clear sometimes as to what needs to get done for yourself, mm-hmm. and and so I've always been very independent, and and uh, as as you realize how many people have helped you on the way. Uh, now I come full circle and, and now it's about, it's about giving back. Yeah. You know, I love it, man. I love it. And, and, you know, I, like I said, and we were talking earlier, like, right about the purpose of the show, right. And, and inspiring other entrepreneurs, having people understand that, you know, they may see some parallels in their own lives. And so we, we, we give some good messages, right. Uh, there, there are folks who had trouble in school. There are folks who were bullied. There are folks who were abused. There are folks, you know, there, there's so many, you know, so much there. So layers, yeah. and, and you still, you know, can not only make a difference for yourself in life, but like you just finished up with that sentence, which is that you can also give back. You know what I'm saying? And reach back to the folks that yeah. were also are are still affected in that way. I really like this. And also like uh, one of the, my favorite things is um, young folks being perceptive. You know, understanding their surroundings, understanding that the odds are stacked against them and, you know, what they have to do, making a plan Mm -hmm. to make things moving and get out of there. Yeah, I didn't necessarily had a plan, (laughs) but it was more intuitive. I knew if I wanted something or or a better life or to be in a particular space, you had to work for it. Mm. Because I didn't have the mentorship guiding me from my family saying, this is what you got to do, A, B, C, yeah. follow the bouncing ball. No, yeah. I, you know, I was very observant and, and saw and which, you know, left me kind of a black sheep because I, I wasn't given the handouts, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I was more so given a hand up mm-hmm. and it was like, here's the way to do it. And you got to do it on your own. Yeah. No one's going to do it for you. Right. So what you put into it is what you're going to get out of yeah, it. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you know, life takes its course. It ebbs and flows and, mm-hmm. you know, you get, you know, knocked off your, your path here and there. But as long as you keep the, the, your eye on the target, uh, you know, things can push you off course, but you're, you'll still navigate back on course. It's yeah. like following the North Star. You yeah. know, you could be pushed off course, but if you find that North Star in your life, you just keep following it. You know, you're going in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. man. So what about uh, more about the, the early school years? 
Yeah. So early, early on in school, man, you know, I, I, as I said, you know, I, I didn't have the parental supervision. Sure. So, so I was, I was running amok. I was having a good time. I was, mm-hmm. you know, living life and staying out late and, you know, and I, I was picked up by uh, a, a local program from the junior college called EOPS and that's extended opportunities, programs and services. Look, I still remember. Love it. Uh, and uh, so they would uh, do outreach to high risk youth students that never would have thought they would go to college. Mm-hmm. And so they picked me up, got me into college. I went to an early summer program, got me really excited right out of high school that, hey, maybe I can go to college. Hey, maybe, maybe I can do this. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I, you know, got immersed into the junior college life. I became a peer counselor, got even more involved with helping others. And as you know, helping others, you're, you're really helping yourself. And then from the EOPS program, I, I, you know, I got into being a peer advisor in the financial aid department. So there you start learning all the loopholes of financial aid. Okay. And it was like, okay, I got this. Well, maybe we can graduate or transfer to a, a, a bigger school. So I was in programs to transfer me to Stanislaus, to Berkeley. I even got accepted to Point Loma Nazarene. I was so excited. But then, yeah. as I mentioned, you know, that was back in the day was when the, the budget cuts hit and financial aid was slashed. Mm-hmm. So then what do you do? You right. know, you just brush yourself off, pick yourself up and, you know, take what you can. So I ended up going to L.A., and uh, there my college career started and opened my eyes to the the big metropolitan city of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, you were Cal State were, Northridge, right? Cal State Northridge, Matadors. And um, even there, I, I felt like a small fish in a big pond. Okay. And then uh, rushing a fraternity. I mm. never thought, me being in a fraternity, mm. my people don't. My people aren't in fraternities, you know? Uh And uh, so I ended up joining a fraternity, which was probably one of the most instrumental um, uh, acts that I could have done for my college career because it really taught me brotherhood, how to get along with other people. It taught me, you know, how important scholarship was and education um, and, you know, just it, it was a surrogate family, if you will. So again, I adopted and, and became resilient to my circumstances. I love it. The Film Hub is the future of co-working in downtown Vista. Get energized in an inspiring work environment that is built for your success. With multiple membership options for workspace and private offices, you can become a part of our co-working community. The Film Hub makes it easier to produce the professional content your business needs. From video production, live streams, photo shoots, or in-person events, you can create all this and more in our audio and video facilities. Love your work and where you accomplish it. The Film Hub. When it comes to your wedding, you want to look and feel your best. You don't need to settle for anything less than perfection on the most important day of your life. With Meraki Allure, you can have a custom designed and measured wedding dress that is exactly what you imagine. They will work with you to choose the perfect style and materials so you can enjoy your dream wedding day knowing that you look stunning. Let Meraki Allure 
help make your special day unforgettable. Book your consultation today at MerakiAllure.com. That's M-E-R-A-K-I-A-L-L-U-R-E.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Same Business Different Day podcast. If you like the way that our show sounds and looks and are interested in doing a podcast of your own, send us an email. Yes, we've gotten into the podcast game, producing podcasts for individuals and businesses just like you. Contact us at a different day radio at gmail.com or on IG at a different day radio. I love it. Now, just before you get to college, did you have an idea what you wanted to be? And then if not, at what point did you kind of figure you know, out? I, I, you know, often people say, oh, I want to be a firefighter. I want to do this. I want to yeah. do that, whatever. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, growing up, I just said, you know what? I just, I just want to be a value. Mm-hmm. I want to be someone that people come to in their time of need and I can help them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that would look like. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. money driven. Uh, I actually started out uh, political science because I was so involved in nonprofits. And I felt at that point, you know, I should get involved with nonprofits because they'd help me so much. I need to help them. But then you start learning about nonprofits and political science and, and, you know, the lifestyle that I wanted, I wasn't going to attain. So then you start making adjustments here and there. Uh, And then I got into the mortgage business. (laughs) (laughs) Now, was that during school as well? During school. Okay, so that was a job. My former wife and uh, college sweetheart uh, actually worked for Countrywide back in the day before uh, 2008. And, uh, you know, so we were working at Countrywide together, and and I was I was on the trading floor and studying for my Series Seven and sixty two, and and thought I was going to be in the financial world, and mm-hmm. you know, but the funny thing, I even then I didn't feel like I fit in because you know, yeah, there was big money there, but it wasn't home for you. It wasn't home, and it was money driven, and and I looked at the broker dealers on the desk, and man, they were they were so not healthy. You know, and they were a slave to their commission, mm-hmm. you know, and they had their trophy wife coming in and picking up their credit card to spend all the money that they worked so hard for, mm-hmm. you know. And then if they didn't meet their quota, oh, my gosh, they would have ulcers. They mm-hmm. would be depressed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I do not want to go travel down this road. So much different than a Yeah, they got the, the big homes mm-hmm. in Topanga and, you know, mm-hmm. living at large. But, you know, some things are a bit more important than just looking expensive. Oh, I like it. I like it. It might be one of the business lessons. <laughs> Let's, I like that a lot. Um, okay, so you actually worked your way through college. Yes. Okay, and and how difficult was that? What was that like? I mean, um, because not everybody can pull that off. Some folks work smaller jobs, too. You're actually working at corporate. Yeah, so again, you know, you know if you don't make your grades, you're not going to be there. simple as that Mm -hmm. uh and being a part of a fraternity they also were that surrogate mentorship that helped you get through it all because you know once i joined my fraternity it wasn't like i was on my own anymore i had a whole surrogate family of brothers Mm -hmm. and they're like okay you're making grades because if you don't make your grades, you're out of the fraternity too (laughs) and it's like you didn't want to lose all your brothers you know, and mm-hmm. you didn't want to lose all that you put into school mm-hmm. just because you're you're off going to some party or something. I yeah. mean, really, right. there's more important things. Yeah. 
you know. So you mature really quick and you really kind of prioritize what needs to be done when and where. I like that. I, like, I really do. Um, but so, you know, because it's really interesting to me that you were working a, a legitimate corporate job uh, during school and were able to navigate through that. So you probably picked out some good lessons, though, too, other than the lessons of you didn't want to be like those guys that were, you know, the head of the company and all. Um, but there had to be some some good things that you could pick up because you're actually getting real world experience at the same time. It's oh, yeah. That you still made I learned to talk today. money. <laughs> OK, that's okay. a whole language in itself that we are not prone to. Sure. So when people say, oh, yeah, I'm about, you know, uh, educating, empowering financial literacy, I get it. Mm-hmm. Because I had no idea what you know, what, what compounding interest was mm-hmm. in the rule of seventy two right. and infinity banking. Uh-huh. I mean, people listening to this probably like, oh, let me Google that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Google it, please, because you'll learn something. <laughs> sure, you know, and uh, and and these are the types of of money concepts that aren't taught in everyday family structures Mm -hmm. you know you got to come from money to hear this lingo you know and so i was very um uh blessed to to even get a taste of you know that type of um community because Mm -hmm. early on i i I had no idea, but mm-hmm. it really planted the seed that you you got to know how money works. Mm-hmm. And money, if 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 positioned correctly, can work for you. Mm-hmm. And money is just a tool, right? You know, and if you don't know how to sharpen up that tool, it's a blunt object, and it's not going to get you anywhere. Right, 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 right. So, so know the tools in your toolbox. Know how to use them, and mm-hmm. make sure they're sharp and. Batteries are charged <laughs> and you got all the pieces that, you know, you need to plug in. Otherwise, it. you're 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 dead in the water. Now, after uh, Northridge, you did you go to continued education right away or did you? Well, funny take thing a- happened. OK, <laughs> back to what it happened was. What happened was, uh, you know, L.A. is is <laughs> is a beast of a city. And uh, we were having fun being club promoters and, okay. and doing, you know, it was like, yes, we went to school, but on the weekends, mm-hmm. Friday night, yeah, you know, yeah, it was on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was a club promoter and my former wife was, uh, yeah, uh, she had a, a, a company of girls okay. that would entertain the clubs. And so okay. we partnered up and we had a really good time. Long story short, we ended up pregnant. Okay. So my baby girl was born, and uh, that was a big reality check, too. So mm-hmm. I really didn't finish my college years. Okay. Because uh, I had to go to work. Right. You right. know? And so, uh, and life takes its course, and, sure. and, and things happen, and, and uh, you know, life goes on, and, and family first. You mm-hmm. got to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. And so... So, you know, working to working a job and going to school and now parenting on top of that, mm-hmm. it's not for everybody, you know. So <laughs> so I had, you know. You Especially kinda, not at your age. I mean, at the age that you were. Yeah. Like, so, you know, you really prioritize what's going on and, and school just didn't make the cut. Sure. You know, uh, we're not as blessed. We weren't as blessed as we are today where everything's at your fingertips. Mm hmm. 
you know, so, so going back to my roots and just identifying, you know, those opportunities that I can gravitate towards to make a difference. So, um, you know, so I just started, you know, pouring into, to my career, my, my work until, you know, the downfall of 2008. Yeah. (laughs) You know, those life circumstances really wake you up because now, now you lost your job. You know, if you're all not familiar, 2008 was a a huge recession and, and countrywide actually led that whole, (laughs) you know, downfall. Yeah. So, you know, I took some time off. I actually ended up moving back to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, I always move back to San Diego when things, when, when as they say, the shit, worst place shit to hits the fan. Yeah. You know, you come, you, where, where you go home to your family, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where it's comfortable and, and just regroup, you know, lick your wounds and, 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 and set a new course. Sure. You know? But you still have the same focus. You still, you knew you were going the right direction. You just, you, you just well, had I, to take. You know, a, a fr- break. from my early years, I knew I was always going up. Right. So I'm still going up. Right. Just which direction? Yes, you are. You know. Yeah. So where? How do I? How do I want to get there now? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you know just a different vehicle. Yeah. But you continue, like I said, though, education wise, you continued on. You you got back into it and and now you're you're teaching. Basically, you're teaching us here, too. Yeah. But uh, so it's time for the reveal. Let's let's get into it. Okay. Uh, OK. William Pitoon is the founder of Kaizen Group International, a business development and consulting agency that has helped businesses from a wide range of industries with marketing, promotions and growth since 2007. If you want to know about tax incentives due to you, you want to talk to William. If you're looking to increase cash flow and profit growth, go see William. When you want to have a conversation about building communities and diverse businesses or even the power of networking, William P. Toon is your guide. His wide breadth of knowledge, ambition, and extended reach are exactly why we wanted to have William here on our show. So once again, we welcome this multi-dimensional entrepreneur, Mr. William Pitoon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to meet that guy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. I'm, I, I'm happy to meet you, really. And, and like I said, even before the show, we were talking so much because it's so interesting, right? Um, now, there's plenty that I just talked about, and there's so much, so many layers to sure. you know peel back here because... Um, multi-dimensional is it's, it's it's so like it's one of the first things i think about when i'm thinking when i'm talking to you when i'm thinking about what it is that you do and even researching before that um i think it's amazing uh the fact that you're not like you said don't put me in a box you know what i'm saying um first of all there's got to be a lot of balance there in order to do that right you have to have a good ability to multitask but at the same time have multiple interests and be willing to help, you know, in every direction, you know, no matter where it's coming from. And so I'm really impressed by that, you know. Um, so let, let's get back into the story. Now, was going off on your own, doing your own thing, always the plan? Did you did you think you might work for somebody? Oh, for no. I, you, yeah. Okay. You know, we're all conditioned to, you know, go to school mm-hmm. so you can get a good job. Mm-hmm. And what's a job? Just over broke. (laughs) But then you end up broke, busted, and disgusted. Uh And so early on, 
after you trip a couple times, you realize, you know, this isn't working for me, mm-hmm. you know, and then you start seeing all these entrepreneurs take off. You know, I after after the stint with the financial industry, I, I moved into the dot com world mm-hmm. where we were seeing startups just scaling exponentially 10x. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they create an app, they create a website, this, that, and the other. And it was just amazing exposure that this 20-year-old can, you know, come up with an idea, take it to market. Now he's a millionaire. Right. Who does that? Right. right I looked right. around, I was like, <laughs> not in my family, not my community. <laughs> yeah. But now it is. Yeah. You know, because it was those people in the dot-com era that really planted the seed for entrepreneurs to share and show that this can happen for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I, you know, I um, I was up there uh, in the Bay Area mm. around those booms, you know, and kind of seeing a lot of that. And it was mind blowing. You know, I always wanted to be one of those guys, of course. And we created like my first business. I started back when I was 17. So whatever, whatever year that was. Right. And I um, it was called Cybertized Business Systems. It was with a group of guys out of Silicon Valley. and, And we were the first to put music videos and things on websites. Cause I was back in the, I was in the music industry at that okay. time. Right. So I worked with record labels. I worked at the radio station and I'm like, let's do the playlist. Let's put the music videos up there and everything. And so, but one of the things that I didn't figure out, like these other guys figured out was how to copyright you and trademark mm. your thing. So yeah, that was Napster days. Yeah, the record <laughs> labels were like, this can be done. Okay, I'll go get my guy to do yeah. it. You know, so I, I thought I was going to be the guy. I flew all the way around the country presenting this. And they were like, thank you for the information. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, we had a great idea. And, and there was a way that it could have been successful. But I wish I was one of those guys mm. in that dot-com boom. Uh, I'd still be here talking to you, though, because, uh, you know, I'm still the same guy. <laughs> Wonderful. So, um, now, I, I said the Kaizen Guru. Now, Tell me what's in the name, K-A-I-Z-E-N. So, <clears throat> so as I mentioned, you know, Japanese culture was instilled in me at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And then life takes its course. Circumstances happen. And then it wasn't until I was in college that I discovered the book Awaken the Giant Within mm-hmm. from famous author Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. So Tony Robbins talked about uh, a concept called Kanai, uh, constant, always, never-ending improvement, which is actually Kaizen. So Kaizen is a Japanese philosophy that they use in manufacturing the Toyota vehicles back in the day. And so understanding, you know, that concept and, and the idea that, you know, Kaizen philosophy is, is really kind of assessing and measuring where you are taking a snapshot of the current state of affairs mm-hmm. where can you make an improvement and then move forward mm-hmm. rather than the old school mentality of get the biggest bang for your buck now we'll fix it later right. with that mindset you're never going to get momentum right because you're taking two steps forward and one step back had you done it right the first time you wouldn't be expending so much time money and effort trying to fix something right So it really made an impression on me. And I said, you know, when I was kicking around the name for my company, I said, I want something that's going to remind me 
of perseverance and dedication and 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 my my foundation and so kaizen really you know resonated with me so i i put it in my company names to always always remind me that things are not permanent mm-hmm. nothing stays the same and that take an assessment, measure where you're at, and then figure out where can you make some changes that are favorable. That's awesome. That That's what I'm really picking up from that is actually looking in the mirror, right? Um, you know, doing some research on yourself. Sure, it's important in, in all, you know, uh, business plans is to know your competition and all. Do that research to find out where everybody else is growing, but at least really look deep into yourself. You don't see a lot of businesses, and I know your your business consulting, which one of the many hats, uh, is that uh, a lot of folks they just say that's what they're doing. Let's add that to our repertoire. But what's going on in your current repertoire that either can be taken out or should be changed, and then you keep growing that way. I sure. love what you're saying, yeah. man. Or reinforced. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it also, if, if, if they can apply this to a, an industry, can't we apply this to everything in our life? And can't we apply this to ourselves? Sure. You know? So that really allowed me to take an assessment of myself, Right. And what are my strengths mm-hmm. and what are my weaknesses yes. and what can I do now to make it better? Yeah. Love it. Um, speaking of industry, you work with a, a lot of industries, right? You're, you're not even even you're not even finding that box there where it's like I only kind of sure. target in this direction or that direction. What's the thought process behind just being so here to help everyone? Well, you know, <clears throat> So healthcare and and taking care of people is is in my DNA. So I'm half Filipino, half Dutch, and uh, we we dominate as as nurse providers, caregivers, um, and so growing up, I've always been around that also as well. So um, the, the my passion industry is is geriatric and elder care mm-hmm. so i've always been around older people and understood they need help they need care mm-hmm. uh so come full circle when i started my own company uh i actually started working with a lot of ancillary services that supported the health the elder and senior care communities so i i did um business development for a mobile physical therapy company for about 8 years learned how to open up territories from san diego all the way up to sacramento then out to dallas texas uh now i'm 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 focused on blue zones and and helping the quality of life uh thrive for those that are living beyond 100 years age of age Mm -hmm. you know so uh i'm i'm i work with the you know independent living assisted living memory care centers post-acute hospitals a lot of these communities have older adults that need help and so it allows me with my business development to vet companies that i know are quality and share that with these hospitals and communities so that they're getting the quality uh service that is needed because in this industry uh 
uh, I, I often don't call it the healthcare industry, but more of a, the compassion industry. Okay. Because you got to have compassion in this industry in order for it to work. Because if you're money driven, it'll show. You know, people, you, you, they're very transparent when it comes to that. So, so it, it takes a special type of person to be in this industry. And I just happen to be one of those, you know. So as, I, as my career evolved, understanding com- elder communities, uh, I trained to be a uh, ombudsman, which advocates for the resident. Um, I have a license as an RCFE, residential care provider, so I could run a facility also as well. But I know the business side as well. Yeah. Uh, and so it just kind of stuck with me. And, and you know, with my chamber, uh, with the Filipino American Chamber, we have now uh, completed the fourth year working with District Attorney Summer Stefan on a forum uh, of elder crime and elder abuse. Mm. So not only am I bringing to the forefront quality products and services for our community or elder community to, to utilize for, for better quality life, but there's a social responsible aspect to it also as well because human trafficking is so high here. Elder crime and elder abuse is so so prevalent. You know, we need other eyes and ears and, and you know, we need to get our... our, our finger on the pulse of what's happening where and 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 who's doing what and what are the resources to help the process i like i love this man and and i really um hello i'm william p toom founder and president of kaizen group international a san diego-based business development company to support your bottom line we specialize in recovering research and development tax incentives and reducing your energy utility cost expense we advocate for your irs cash rebates and credits and we minimize the cost expense risk and increase your profit gain feel free to contact me directly through linkedin and direct calls are always encouraged your success is our business thank you so much The Chamber of Commerce is a proud supporter of the Same Business Different Day podcast. We support our business members with promotion and marketing, business referrals, educational opportunities, workforce development, and advocacy. Check us out online at vistachamber.org. I, I was going to save that for later, but you brought it up. Um, you know, when we speak about community, right, and we speak about diversity, too, uh, which is another one of those aspects that you really focus on. One of the things that uh, I picked up on was you being a, a founding member of the, the Filipino Chamber of Commerce. Now, so I understand the Filipino Chamber of Commerce business network is the new uh, is, is how we're naming it now, right? It's the new Correct. So we're harnessing technology. Mm-hmm. So our reach is much greater. Mm-hmm. Uh, we understand that, you know, by harnessing technology, we could utilize uh, platforms such as LinkedIn and Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, which has been so, so important to the expansion. Um, you know, we, the Filipino Chambers has really been instrumental in my career development also as well uh, because community is so important to me. Uh, when I did reestablish myself in San Diego, uh, I, I really didn't want to start something new and fresh and it was much easier just to kind of look around at the low-hanging fruit and start with what you have on the table. Mm-hmm. And those are 
And that was with the people that looked like me, sound like me, shared same values, same food, same culture, yeah. you know. And then from there, it's just kind of blossomed into what it is today, you know, with the U.S. Chamber. And then we also have a global coalition of business owners uh, really perpetuating the import and export of products from the Philippines. You bring a lot of people together. Um, and, you know... You're saying this lightly, but this is a big deal, right? And I said it at the beginning of the show also, you know, you're not just a local guy. You're, you're, you're a global guy, and you're making an impact globally, and, and that's, that's just such a wonderful thing to see. Uh, from the, I, uh, I, think, I think with the development of technology and what we have at our disposal, you know, we, we are no longer tethered geographically to one local region. Mm-hmm. We're, we're now global citizens. Right. So what does that look like? Yeah. You know, so the infrastructure is, is the internet. And then you have to start really kind of tapping into what are the networks that are going to connect, you know, so that you can make an impact. Yeah. And so you, and you do have this uh, technology and marketing background. Um, where, where did that all come from? What, what is it? Oh, I've been playing on the internet since <laughs> it was called Mosaic. Oh, okay. I, okay. You know, yeah. way back when there mm-hmm. wasn't any color monitors, we had a green and orange cursor blinking at you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. you know? Uh, but I, you know, I always was intrigued by technology. You know, if there was a stereo system in front of me, I'd be pushing those buttons to figure out what it did, you know? So I just like to tinker mm-hmm. with, 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 with technology. Mm-hmm. And now there's so much to play with, with all the new apps and, and development that's available. It's, it's How do you quite overwhelming up? now. Well, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's really tough because it's, it's now becoming a tsunami of technology coming at you. You know, you got TikTok out there. You got Instagram. I mean, I had my daughter reminding me, Papa, you know, Facebook's for old people. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> She's like, but, you know, get with the program. And so mm-hmm. I actually started, you know, making reels on Instagram okay. And, okay. and I'm looking at TikTok's performance for business. I mean, people are just killing it on TikTok. Right. And so it's like, okay, here's another vehicle to really bring to market whatever that product or service is. And for me, it's always, you know, how can I make an impact with my clients, uh, you know, bottom line. And so harnessing technology using these different platforms, then they get the exposure, they get the branding awareness, they get the publicity, the marketing, it all comes full circle because that's where the customers are now. Right. Yeah. And that's a value. And if you're not on the platform, you're, you're, you're dead in the water. You're 100%. not even, you're, you're, you don't even have a seat at the table. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. Um, tell me about the thought process. You, you had mentioned earlier, um, uh, before we started redemption energy, mm. uh, I'm interested in the thought process that you were going into yeah. when you made that partnership. So, right? so I'm, I'm very blessed to be partnering with Emmett Summers, who is the founder of uh, redemption energy, which is a solar company. Uh, my platform has now pivoted to basically uh, helping companies grow, expand and develop. So uh, my prior, my primary, um, 
my 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 primary focus is on tax incentives, but secondary, which is the second largest expense for any business, is their utility bill. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, wanting to make uh, to do my part with the carbon footprint, uh, how can I help commercial properties become independent and in control of their energy utility? Mm-hmm. So now we're able to. Um, put sensors in a, in a facility uh, so that we can monitor from a handheld device or a tablet uh, where there's energy leakage. So we can, as I was mentioning, we can share if uh, there's been a refrigerator door opened all night, mm. you know, and what do they need to do to prevent that from happening again? So mm. maybe, you know, the lock is faulty or, you know, we need to put a sticker to remind someone that you need to push a little harder on the door to the latch. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it's, <clears throat> It's it's a it's it's taking the energy utility uh, uh, control from a bird's eye view because now you're seeing all the the outcomes the outputs of where your energy is going and do you need to be spending energy in that direction so we come in we we take a couple snapshots of of the facility look at what the HVAC system looks like the heating air conditioning and ventilation mm-hmm. um, and then you know what are the utility or what is the um, machinery that is using the utility mm-hmm. and how can we uh, decrease that usage so that the the cost is less yeah. and it becomes more profit than than an expense. I like it. I mean, obviously, we all need it, right? It, it would just burn an engine. And, and a lot of us, it's, it becomes wasteful mm-hmm. at a certain point, right? And you're showing folks how they can get it back, get some of that back. Sure. Right? So with technology, uh, you know, uh, Tesla is one of them. They've created batteries where you can actually uh, store the energy you get from the solar panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you if you reach the threshold of a peak hour uh, that your utility company sets, you then can automatically switch to your stored energy mm-hmm. that you've harnessed yourself rather than paying a premium on the energy that they're giving you from that utility company. Yeah. It's just such a yes brainer, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Take take control of your, your, your energy, take control uh, of your taxes, you know, utilize those tax loopholes and and tax credits and government opportunities Mm -hmm. because you can turn a company around just by redirecting your cash flow mm-hmm. and cost expense back into your company so you could expand, develop, and grow. Right. Tell us more about that because I know that's one of your primary focuses as well is the, the tax incentives or, the, or the, the, the money that gets left on the table. Sure. So for those that aren't aware, tax incentives is not a new thing. We did see uh, light being shown uh, on tax incentives uh, during this pandemic when people got the stimulus. So that's a government-mandated uh program that stimulates the economy. Now, back in 81, when Reagan was president, uh, we had companies leaving the U.S. going overseas because it was more cost effective for them to set up shop in Southeast Asia. But then more and more companies were leaving the U.S., leaving unemployment at an all-time high. 
So how do we, you know, how do we stop the hemorrhage of jobs going overseas? Well, you know, the easiest, fastest, biggest way to impact a company is give them back their money. You know, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're paying a lot of taxes. So incentivize them to be more innovative, mm-hmm. right? So every administration has adopted this program uh, through the years, through the different administrations. And it wasn't until the Obama administration uh, taking office that they really made this a permanent program. Mm-hmm. So Obama's administration um, made this a man, uh, 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 congressional mandated law that if you fit the criteria for R&D tax incentives through cash rebates and credits, uh, you're privy to up to 50% of the taxes you're paying. Mm-hmm. So when I hear people leaving California because of the taxes, I say, we need to have a conversation. Right. You know, because the people I talk to change their mind. The yes. people I talk to learn that the R&D credits and, avail- and, and cash rebates and credits available for them are now cutting their tax expense in half. Wow. Because these people don't want to leave California. Sure. You know, but they don't want to pay high taxes. Mm-hmm. So if I can help in that, um, in that regard, uh, you know, I'm making much more impact on, on our community and keeping jobs here in California as well as in the U.S., uh, so it's it's a national program. There are nine states that don't have state income tax, so but they are still available to receive federal funding. And so, research and development is not just test tubes, lab beakers, and and uh, laboratories. It's it's it could be uh, in healthcare, um, taking care of the patient. You know, you're you're measuring the assessment of, of their, their daily skills. So anything measured can be managed and anything managed can grow. So mm. I look at companies that have the ability to scale. You know, if your company was the same as it was last year and it's going to look the same next year, it's probably not much innovation there. But if I can infuse a company with a hundred to $200,000 and you can grow, mm. That's that's the sweet spot. We want to find those companies that have the ability to grow, uh, so that they can scale and be a, uh, even more competitive and contribute to our our national economy. I love it, man. Okay, so let's lighten it up a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about um, another one of your expertises, uh, which is networking. Mm. Um, just from you know researching you and, and even from just talking to you, I can see that you've got a passion for not just community you know at large, but having a community of folks that you can powwow with, have conversations with, and um, refer, uh, just figure out what it is that they do so that you can help them, as you say, givers gain. So uh, I'm, I'm just kind of interested in like how you see networking when you step into a room? Uh, net, networking is, is I gamify it. Okay. And so it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, in meeting people in networking groups and, and, and through events, um, it's not about you. Right. It's about the person you're meeting mm-hmm. and how much information can I get from this person so that now I can connect the dots. Because then as, as they're talking, I'm, I'm going through my mental Rolodex saying, oh, my God, they got to meet Mo Say. Oh, they got to meet Zeke. Oh, they got to meet this mm-hmm. person and that person because you do what ex- exactly they're looking to do or they can help you or whatever. Right. So it's, it's really 
fun to connect people uh, that can make an impact um, because that's where the magic is. That's, that's, you know, you go into a situation not knowing this person and then you understand what they do or what they can help with. And then you introduce them to a key individual. And then you hear the story afterwards because now they're partnering or they're doing business together or they're, they're just yeah. working on a project that's amazing. Yeah. And then you sit back and you're like, yeah, I did that. I helped. I, helped. <laughs> I was a catalyst for that. Yeah. Know? And that's payment in itself. Yes. Yes. We're helping in the progress, progression, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, you, you can only do so much marketing, but networking, word of mouth, the exchange of energy mm -hmm. um, and just just increasing your 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 business community through a network is amazing. So uh, we often say your, your, your net worth equals your net work. That's right. You know, you're the average of the five people that you hang out with. Yeah. So, you know, be mindful of who you're spending your time with, right. You know, and what networking groups you're, you belong to because that networking group may be a networking group, but what is the caliber of that group? How can they elevate you? I love it. I love it. And, you know, um, I, you know, we talk a lot about networking on the show. I, I, I do a lot of networking, but to me, it's really important to be around the right folks, but also to help them be involved. Right. Volunteer, spend your time uh, working, with, but also try to figure out what it is that they need and putting those together. I kind of I kind of gamify it, too, which is funny that you said that because I play a memory game. So when I'm running around the room, remember the old game? It used to be colors. It was like a, like five, six colors on it, and you press one. It's a it's a child's game, a toddler's right. game, and it would go yellow, red, blue, whatever. Then hit yellow again, and you have to hit yellow, yellow, and it'd be like, yeah, you got it right. And so now you're you're matchmaking, right? And so that's the way that I I work a room. It's just like I just heard who you need to connect with, just in our conversation just now. So. Let me bring you guys together. Bam. Now you're you're together. Now I'm going to go over here and work this side of the room oh, and figure sure. out what. And so that's the way oh, that I sure. play the networking. Yeah. When, when you're networking, you don't want to spend a whole lot of time with these people. <laughs> when you're working a room, gamify it. And mm -hmm. if you go with a partner, have don't don't start out together. Right. Say, you know what? I'm going to start on this side of the room. You mm -hmm. start on that side of the room. And then we'll meet in the middle and then we'll compare notes. Right. I like it. Okay. So now you guys are clearly understanding and listening and learning about why uh, this gentleman here, William P. Toom, is such a great speaker and um, and why folks would want to bring him around just for some good public speaking and some knowledge and information. So um, but you also used to and it makes sense now you used to have an Internet radio show, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you might I'm come guilty. in and can you guest host for me every <laughs> once in a while if I need somebody? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was instrumental in the dot com uh, days and we were selling dial up internet back in the day. And uh, there was so much technology coming down the pipeline. And we were like, how do we get in front of this? Mm -hmm. And the power of the press pass. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So we started a news radio show called Live Online News. Uh -huh. So Live Online News was simulcast AM talk radio, KCEO, and uh, the internet. 
And uh, we talked to Meg Whitman before uh, eBay was, it, is what it is today. We talked about the Palm Pilot before handheld devices hit the street. Mm-hmm. You know, talked about how to automate your hotel reservations through, you know, Hotels.com. You know, uh, so it was, it was just disrupting the way we did things. And it was very, very exciting. And so uh, the radio show was was. You think quite about bringing that back? Quite a highlight. Uh, we are in in the works of bringing on a, a show. Um, Love it. And and we have we have we have a whole list of <laughs> ideas coming down the pipeline. That's great. But uh, f- you know, having a podcast and interviewing people—that's the probably quickest, fastest way you could learn. Uh, from an individual mm-hmm. uh, about a particular product or service or community or industry. Sure. Uh, and and you build relationships that way also. Mm-hmm. And that's what business is. Business isn't about your widget. Business isn't about how much money you made. It's the relationships you build along the way. That's right. Because you can, you know, you may have one thing one day and then down the road you'd be like, hey, you know, good to see you again. What are you doing now? And you're like doing something totally, completely different. Mm -hmm. But you've established that relationship. Mm -hmm. And now you may be in the position to help one another. That's right. You know, so, so, you know, don't close your doors all the way. Keep them halfway open because you never know who's going to step through it again. 100%. I mean, it's just like what we were saying with networking. I mean, it's about the person that you're in touch with, right? It's not just about the industry or what it is that their service is. You want to know that person. And so I, I appreciate that. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm barking up the right tree here having a podcast, but I, I'm glad to be developing You're doing the right thing. This is an amazing show. Thank, Thank you for you, having man. me Thank on Thank you. It. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I, I'm glad that we're uh, growing this relationship as well, man. I, I really appreciate it. So you mentioned, uh, Mosise earlier, Javon Reynolds or Javon Reyes out there as well. I, I really, um, th- these are the owners of Meraki Allure. And I really want to um, know because this is Meraki season, we've been asking a lot of folks that are involved with those guys what your Meraki is. And you understand Meraki to be, you know, things that you have passion for, what it is that's, you know, in you um, that you do with, with love and passion. Yeah. So when I asked Mo, you know, what is Meraki? He's like, you have to know your Meraki. Mm. It's not a thing or a it. It's it's a it's a passion. Right. So it so a, your your Meraki. The answer to that question could be different for everybody. Yeah. And so meeting Mo and understanding his Meraki was just amazing and such an impact on how I view the fashion industry now too, because he's such a conscious uh, entrepreneur mm-hmm. and really educated and empowered me. Um, and we've grown together, become really good friends. But uh, yeah, my, my Meraki has to be, you know, just giving a hand up. Nobody wants a handout and elevating my community to be in a better place, uh, a higher quality of life, um, you know, sharing the resources and, and relationships and tools that I have. Uh, because at the end of the day, you can't take 
you know, to to your grave with you, mm-hmm. you know. So, what will be your legacy? Mm-hmm. And and my my legacy will be the my Meraki of of really making an impact and helping those uh, underserved, marginalized, and and uh, inadequate uh, individuals that never thought that they'd be where they are today, and just helping elevate that to the next level, whatever that may be. One hundred percent. I love that. Um, you know, it's I, I I couldn't have said that any better, man. That that's beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's just talk. We're gonna talk about uh the business lesson of the day, guys. Uh William said it. Your net worth is your network, and you are the average of the five people in your circle. Now, William is a very busy man, but always open for consultation. Please search him, find him on LinkedIn at WPTOOM, P-E-E-T-O-O-M. Yeah, you can Google me, too. I'm all over the Internet. Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) YouTube, I got a lot of uh, explainer videos there. So if you have uh, an inkling of your business being qualified for tax incentives, uh, Google or actually YouTube search uh, Kaizen Group International, my name. Uh, and then you'll see a number of uh, two-minute explainer videos that talk about uh, the various industries and where the R&D is and in, in, in how we can help. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Please like and subscribe us on at SameBizPod, S-A-M-E-B-I-Z-P-O-D, and at A Different Day Radio. Don't forget to comment and hashtag Meraki season, M-E-R-A-K-I season. And um, speaking of Meraki Allure, we have a huge announcement coming soon, guys. So we'll let you know as soon as we can, as soon as we're allowed to let you know. That's a little teaser for you. I want to thank you all for listening and thank you all for your support. Thanks again, William. Thank you, Zeke. All right.